You're listening to the Survivor Sweat Podcast with Mike Buckmiller and Russell Rosenblum. If you're looking for strategy articles and just about everything Survivor, head to SurvivorSweat.com. Now, let's get to it. Yeah, great stuff. Um, For you out there, uh, my name is Mike Buckmiller. Um, I was a partner in the Jed Entry with none other than uh, my friend here, Russell Rosenblum. Um, Russ, uh, I know we talked about entering this. Uh, what do you like about the contest? This has got to be like my most favorite sports betting contest or sports betting thing ever. Like at all. Like, so, you know, I also like to play in poker tournaments and, uh, anybody that plays poker knows the main event of the world series of poker. It just gets your juices up no matter how high stakes you play or how small you play or how many other tournaments you play. That's like the one tournament. And it's funny because they have almost the same amount of entries in each of them. Uh, and everybody gets a shot. Like everybody can try and, and everybody can really get out there and, and give it a chance. And that's the same with Survivor. You don't have to be an expert sports better to go jump in this thing. You don't really even have to understand point spreads. You just have to understand kind of which teams you like on a basic level. There's obviously more advanced levels, but it's so much fun because the sweat there every week is, uh, it's so exciting. And the NFL, all the teams are so close. So even when you think you've got like the stone cold lock, you know, you could wake up and win or lose by a field goal at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, it just makes all the difference. It's crazy. It's always exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we've, um, uh, speaking to the audience here, uh, we've done a survivor contest offline through office pool, through some friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had a wild ride on that. And so when you brought it to my attention, Hey, Circa is actually offering this. We were like, wow, this is cool. Uh, we had no idea how many entries would be at the time, you know, after year one, year two, and now heading into year three, the trend is just increasing like dramatically. I mean, it's crazy how many entries are in this thing. And speaking with uh, Jeff Benson the other day, he's he's anticipating 85 to 9,000 plus entries of this thing. So, I mean, you know, the first year, I believe they had 35 uh, individuals that tied uh, year two, five. Last year, too, as we know, um, what's your thoughts on somebody taking this down individually? I don't know. Like you say, last year it was two, and there were three going into the final final game. Uh, but if you remember, just uh, you know, on Christmas Day, one guy could have won it outright right then, yeah. right? I mean, it just it it or actually that yeah, Christmas Day as opposed to Christmas or Christmas Eve Day, like the day before, That's- somebody could have won the whole thing right there, and there were a couple of. Uh, late comebacks, including us, that like that that helped us advance. So it's so hard to say. I think it is likely to make it to the end, but it's not definite to make it to the end. I think I took a quick look, uh, knowing we were going to do this pod. I finally took a quick look at the um, schedule for Thanksgiving and Christmas, which I hadn't looked at before. And, you know, it's going to be brutal. Uh, that's the other thing that separates Circa from other Survivor contests. Most Survivor contests, you pick one game every week. You can't take the same team twice for the year. And that's pretty much, you know, it. In Circa, that's also true, but they treat Thanksgiving Day, like that Thursday and Black Friday, uh, so four games, they treat that as its own week. Then you've got to pick another game for Sunday. And then they do the same thing on Christmas Day with only three games. And so it's so tough because 
deciding now who I think is going to win in a game in week, uh, whatever it is, 12 or something. I mean, who knows? I have no idea. I mean, you don't even know if the teams that you think are going to be good are going to be good. The teams that you think are going to be bad could be good. You could have a great team that takes an injury in week three, or at least if they take the injury in week three, they, you know, maybe you don't try to hold them. What if they take the injury in week 10 and it's a major injury? I, you know, you still might not want to take them and you've got to save them. And uh, that was something we ran into last year too. How many teams do you save for those critical weeks? Is it just one? I'm just going to save one team for Thanksgiving, one team for Christmas. And if they turn out to be bad, you know, too bad. Or are you going to save more than one? And it's 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 tough to save more than one because no matter what timeline you use, usually you need to use those teams somewhere along the way. Yeah. So uh, when you just uh, brought up the Pittsburgh game, that was obviously a memorable game specifically <laughs> for us. Um, was there any other game that stuck out to you? Um, oh, gosh, there are four or five. I mean, one, the Pittsburgh game for sure. Uh, but I, I, the first game that really stuck out to me is is got to be the um, the Ravens game. For sure. I mean, here we have like we think we're in a great, great spot. We've been saving the Ravens for an opportunity when nobody else was going to have them. I don't remember how many were left, maybe in the hundreds, like 600, maybe something like that. And I think maybe like three of us have the Ravens or something like it was it was such a great spot. And uh, Lamar Jackson gets injured in like the first quarter, first drive, I think. And and it was just we were at the Raiders game. 100%. Which didn't start till later, and we're watching the early games from Allegiant, and we just can't even believe it. And you've got a team that just can't you know, even move the ball. No offense. Exactly, because, you know, I've been asked several times about, like, down to the wire, like, which games. And it, and to your point, it goes back to week 13. We had one single entry left at the time. Um, uh, we also dabble in some fantasy football leagues that we have fun at. And we we rostered Lamar Jackson. That's right. So it's yep. either the first or the second series, and he goes down with the knee, as it turns out to be season-ending knee. And my heart just went, are you kidding me? You know, here we had uh, Baltimore penciled in here, home game against Denver. For weeks. Oh, For weeks yeah. we have them penciled and, in. And, and we get the double whammy. We go out with fantasy. Um, we get no points there out of our quarterback, which everybody knows detrimental. Um, we're at Allegiant Stadium, you know, sweating the game. Um, it, I, and in the time, I'm like, Hunley isn't that bad. And, yeah. and uh, time after time, he kept throwing picks in the end zone. They couldn't execute. You kept saying, I thought you liked this guy. And, <laughs> and I'm just shaking my head. He ends up sneaking it in uh, late in the fourth. Could have been within two, three minutes left. We faded the 60-yard field goal. I know that. Because I was oh, yeah. down on my knees and I got tackled. Oh yeah, by me, who's like half your size. Linebacker tackled me <laughs> as I'm down, just praying um, that this kick comes up short. Oh gosh, yeah. So week 13 was was definitely something for sure, and uh, that was uh, one of the most memorable, and obviously for you as well. Um, it was just crazy. Um, that's what so makes it so I, exciting. I remember the flip side. If it was, uh, I think it was thanks giving when it wasn't even a game we had right it was watching the um was it the Colts uh with Matt Ryan tanking a giant lead right <laughs> and, and we had was it the Vikings Colts and Vikings right yeah. and you had yeah. let's say there were only uh, I don't know 14 entries left or some somewhere yes. in there something like that and you had like six of them that were on the Vikings 
Yeah. And we think we're going to lose like half the field. It's not us. Like we're not even in this game, but we think we're going to lose almost half the field. And you get the Colts with like literally the worst, you know, like the, the Vikings technically the best comeback in NFL history. And yeah. I'm throwing crap around my office and screaming at the home office and my wife's in the next room. She thought we were knocked out. And I'm yeah. going to explain, no, no, we don't even have any. She goes, did you bet on that game? I go, not exactly. Right. Like it's. That, yeah, that was absolutely beyond tilting because um, if I remember, if I remember correctly, the picks have yet to be revealed. It was an early game, maybe Saturday yeah, right. morning. And we had anticipated more entries on there. So as we were watching and sweating the game, we wrote the belief that, hey, man, this this is a real we have a real shot at this now. Because even though we're down to you know, 15, 14 entries, whatever it may have been at that time, you know, realistically, you don't know if you're going to get to the finish line. But seeing that and and anticipating the entries that we we thought were going to be on the Vikings, that was gut wrenching to see the greatest comeback in NFL history. And just it felt like we actually lost the pool right there. It did. It, it, it really did. Because really you did. don't get a lot of shots at it. Like, you don't really know, like, even though, like, you asked early on if I think it's going to make it all the way to the end. And, like, look, I, I really don't know. But I do know that you don't get many shots to, like, win the whole thing or lose half the field, right? And that was one of our shots to really yeah. lose, you know, what we thought we would mm -hmm. lose half the field. And we saw the number of picks later. There were still some on there, but not as many. Yeah, as I, I want to say two or three, three rings of bell. And it felt like we were we were back in it because we we just took – we felt like we took a beating – you know, mm -hmm. Obviously, we weren't on that team, but we felt like we took a beating, and then we went, "Oh wait, yeah." And uh, so that that kind of gave us uh, some. Seconds. But don't forget, also one of our partners in our pool is just beyond a Matt Ryan fan. Oh, God. right, beyond. He's named his children after elements to do with the Falcons. I don't want to give up who he is, but it would be very obvious if I gave you his daughter's name that it had to do with the the Falcons. But um, it's like so we're just you know tormenting him the entire time by text while we're watching the game. Like, yeah. this is your guy. You want him in the Hall of Fame? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> but it was, yeah, I mean, but it's, but again, that's where the excitement comes, not just from the games you have, which is why this is such a great contest. I remember one of our partners that had the smallest piece. And uh, I asked him at the last minute because we had one partner that didn't want his whole piece. And so I said, do you want, you know, teeny share of this? And he goes, yeah, sure. And uh, then after he takes the piece, he goes, so explain to me what is Survivor? He has like no idea. And like, I'm explaining it to him and he'll bet sports. I mean, he's familiar with sports betting. And uh, after like, I think week three or four, he calls me up. He goes, oh, he bets more in a given game than he was spending on Survivor for the year. Right. He calls me up the week three or four. He goes, I got to tell you something. This is the most fun I've had betting sports ever. He goes, it's so exciting to just sit there and watch and just knowing I have to root for our team and against all these other teams. It's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been it, asked. I've been asked on many occasions, and I know you have as well. Is like, you know, what what was it like? What was the journey like? What what was the the sweat? I mean, I've even been asked, "Are you actually going to do this again? Like, why would you put yourself through that?" And you know, just laughing and going, "Well, of course." I mean, right. you don't win the World Series of Poker main event and decide not to, you know, enter the tournament the next year. You don't win the Super Bowl and you know. I'm done. And say I'm uh, done. A, we have to defend uh, or donate back to the cause, of course. Um, but as we've already reiterated, it's like the greatest contest in 
football history in my mind. It's it's in an, across so many different things, and you know, it's it's again one of these things where it looks like it's I don't want to say all luck. It doesn't look like it's all luck, but it looks like it's you know largely mostly luck and very little skill. There's obviously a lot of skill involved, and there's of course a lot of luck involved. I mean, there always is if you're you know doing something like this. The NFL, the teams are evenly matched. Um, but it was fine. I looked at something. Well, two things. One, I had a friend of mine that said to me, just like a friend of yours, he said, wait, you're entering again? I go, of course we're entering again. You know, he goes, dude, when you win the lottery, you don't go out and buy more lottery tickets. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you know, I, I guess I see that. Uh, but I was looking at some numbers the other day. I don't remember them exactly. I don't have them in front of me, but it's something like, you know, and then the math on this is easy anyway. But if there were like, let's assume this year, there's like 9,000 entries or something. If you think you're like three times better than the average player, which who knows, like there's no sample size, you have no idea. But if you think you're three times better than the average player, you're going to win once in like, you know, 70 years or something like that, right? It's so small. Um, now, if you if you say we, we're going to split it, then maybe you're going to split it, you know, once every 35 or 40 years, still really small. But the thing that I found really interesting there is, it, let's say you had like 50 entries, like just to pick a number, like a round number you're actually like 98% to get one of them into the last 500. And so I was shocked by that because when you, and we did, we had partners, when we made it down to the last 500, everyone starts going, you know, they're sort of clenching going, oh my God, we're really close now. We're really close. You're not really that close. Like you, if you started with 500, you feel like your chances of winning were close to zero. Yeah. You know, like less than 1%. I mean, yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it's winner take all. I mean, it's not like a poker tournament where you're just trying to cash, you know, and then scale. Um, here, it's it's winner take all. I mean, even when we discussed being in the top 100, we we're like, okay, great. This is fantastic. Oh, what an accomplishment. What did, right. we, what did we accomplish? Nothing. You know, at this point, I mean, how are we going to navigate and win this whole thing? Right. And so, exactly. And, and I've been asked, you know, what's the optimal number of entries, you know? I mean, I personally think that you should max out, you know, individually, but like, I know some people get together in groups and teams, and obviously we have people uh, along the ride that, that mm -hmm. want to sweat, you know, how many entries do we get? You know, do we, do we do? It's, I, it's so, that's a great question. And I, I am not, I'm honestly not sure if it's, I'm, I'm sure someone's answered it. There are a lot of people a lot smarter than us on the game theory side, on the math side of this. But I remember asking some of those people that I know are a lot smarter than us a few years back. and. Each entry theoretically has slightly diminishing returns, but it's a question of how much it diminishes and, and when, right? Because it is winner take all, right? So if you made it to the last week and you had two entries and somebody else had one, I don't know. I actually think that second entry has tremendous value, sure. tremendous value. I mean, you could take both sides of this. I wouldn't necessarily do this, but you could take both sides of the same game and, you know, hedge for ties and know you've locked up at least half. You know, sure. like there are, there are a lot of things you can do with two entries at the end. Now, let's flip this slightly differently. And let's say you have seven entries out of eight remaining with two weeks to go. And at the two week mark, the other guy goes out and you still have seven entries remaining. I mean, you're thrilled you won. So this doesn't really matter. You just, you know, won however much money, six million or maybe eight million this year. But you would have won and had six entries or seven entries that you didn't need. Right. So clearly those don't have any value anymore. Right. So I, I don't that's why it's tricky. But if you do get to the end and let's say eight of you make it to eight entries, make it to the end. But you have seven of the eight. Well, you don't split that eight ways. You're getting seven eighths. 
This is right. True. So, I mean, so, I mean, so suddenly it's not as if, I mean, it is winner take all, but it's not as if those extra entries didn't matter. If sure. you only had one left and that other guy had one, you'd get half here. You're getting seven eighths. So that's why I think it's, it's incredibly difficult to really figure out where that number, um, where it shifts or if it shifts, maybe it doesn't, maybe they're all just linear. I, you know, it's, it's, it is hard to say. Sure. Um, so taking all that into consideration, going into week one this year with multiple entries or maxing out, if we will, um, we know that last year, statistically, there was absolute carnage. Mm -hmm. uh, 46% of the field was wiped out in week one. Um, and prior year, it took six weeks to get to 45%. So obviously, a lot of the chalk went down. So like, how do we go about entering week one? I mean, what do we do? Week one, it's it's so tough because all the information that we use when we get to the end of the season doesn't really exist in a meaningful way. I mean, we can look at who we think the chalk's going to be, who we think everybody's going to take, and and you you know we'll be somewhat accurate percentage wise with the data that's out there. But it almost, but it, it, it for example, I don't remember. I haven't looked at this. You might still have them somewhere. Week one, I think there might have been like eleven different teams taken or twelve. I mean, there were a lot of different. Like you might have had like two, three thousand people on one team, and you might have only had like fifteen on some team over here. But it's not as if like um, near the end of the season where you really know only three or four teams are going to be taken, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe you're trying to take a fifth team, or maybe you're trying to take one of those. But at the beginning, I think you've just got to kind of look at your path. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like I've said, we, we've said a lot to people when they ask us, you know, level level one survivor strategy. Mm -hmm. I want to pick the team I think is most likely to win. I mean, the thing's called survivor, right? I have to survive. And I don't really care what anybody else does. Like, I just have to survive. I'm not worried about them. Level two survivor thinking is, and most people make it to level two. I want to take the team I think is most likely to survive that I don't need sometime later. Like, I'm not just going to take Kansas City week one because I think they're going to win. And then, you know, I don't have Kansas City the rest of the year, whatever. Maybe not the best example this year for them, but in general, right? Then you've got level three thinking, which really is, I want to take the team that I think is most likely to win, that I don't need to use later, that I also don't think a lot of other people are already using. Like, later, you can say that nobody else is using. Early, it's that I don't think a lot of people are using, right? So sure. week one, you're going to have, um, and I had these somewhere, Where who is uh, Arizona playing? I mean, so Arizona is uh, on the road against the commanders. They're a seven-point dog. Right. So everybody is going to be everybody. I am curious how many people take Washington in that game. And I think you're going to get more than half on just one team. I do. Maybe not. I mean, maybe because you actually maybe not because you've got a lot of people that have duplicate entries. I'd say at least 30 percent are probably going to be on Washington in this game. We'll probably have some entries on Washington, too, just because with our teams, like if we only had one entry, 100 mm percent, -hmm. I'm not putting it on Washington. I'm not. If you have lots of entries, you know, it's sort of the hedge that probably gets you through to, to week two. But the reality is if Washington loses that game, you could lose so many entries. And the thing that's so crazy in week one your level of data about how good a team you think is good actually is, is it may not be very accurate. And uh, not to circle back to last year, but I do remember last year before the season started, we had to save a team for, I guess it was um, Christmas week. Mm -hmm. And so we saved the Super Bowl champ Rams before the season started. We're like, all right, this is going to be a good spot for the Rams. I think they were playing Seattle or something like late in the year. I can't, I can't, if I remember right. And, and we're like, this should be a good spot for us. And then, uh, Actually, the Rams-Seattle game was later. But we're, and then we realized, oh, my God, we realized by like week three or four, 
I don't think the Rams are good. And so now all these other, all our plans, it's the Mike Tyson thing, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Once we see the Rams aren't good anymore, now we've got to pick a different team to save for Christmas. That sounds easy. That's fine. But then the team we're now saving for Christmas, maybe we're going to use in week six or six or seven. Now we got to put a different team there. And that might have been the team we were going to use in week three. So one change shifts the entire dynamic of the whole season. Um, so you do you have to be careful. And if you do have multiple entries, you want to make sure you're protecting different paths that you can yeah. go down. Time for a message from our sponsor. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with the Survivor Sweat Podcast. If you live out of state but want to enter any of the biggest football handicapping contests in Las Vegas, you've come to the right place. Football Proxy is the most professional proxy service in Las Vegas and can serve as your trusted proxy to enter your picks each week for the Super Contest, Circus Sports Millions, or Circus Survivor Contests. What makes Football Proxy different from other proxies? Well, like other proxies, we have late selection deadlines and an easy-to-use web portal to submit your picks each week. But, unlike other proxies, we allow our customers to change their picks anytime before the pick deadline, which is crucial when gathering last-minute information. Ask another proxy if they allow you to make changes to your picks and see their reaction. That's what makes us a top-rated proxy service in Las Vegas. To get started, fill out the contact form and a representative will contact you to answer any questions and schedule an appointment. Then book your trip to Las Vegas and meet us at the designated casino to get signed up. Once the season starts, sweat the action all season long with your picks. Schedule an appointment today and compete against the world's best for your chance at millions. I remember uh, listening um, to one of uh, VEASAN's podcasts, um, and there was the gentleman that had six entries, and he wasn't spreading them out. He was putting them on one team, and he was discussing a little bit about Thanksgiving and some other teams um, having multiple mm-hmm. multiple teams. And to that point where the Rams were saved and then turned to dust. And then what do you do when you you only pull that team back? So it's it's one of those things that are tough. But so, that's what's interesting. You take yeah. someone like this, depending on what he's doing, you can. And we I know we had long talks about this, right? Mm-hmm. When that guy goes bust with it was on the bills, if I remember right, he had everything yeah. on the bills. Jets bills. Uh, Jets bills. Yep. And uh, when everything goes bust, he makes, you know, the the sports news and he looks like a donkey. You know, it's what I call the genius donkey play, right? When you're wrong, you look like a donkey. When you're right, you look like a genius. No one's really evaluating you based on the decision you were making at the time. I forced myself to go back and say, all right, well, you know, I'm going to ignore the fact that he busted. Was his strategy right? Because we hadn't been tracking him really up into them. There are too many players. And I don't know that I would have had the stones to do what he did, but I do think what he did had a lot of merit because even though I'm saying have different paths, the reality is if you can make it to through Thanksgiving or to Thanksgiving and you have all these entries, even though you haven't used different paths, you now have more paths than anybody because you haven't, you know, you have six of these that that can now go in all these different directions Uh, and you can take both sides of a Thanksgiving game or you can take, and what he said he was going to do was take, um, one of the, I don't think he was taking the dog, but I think he was taking one of the games he didn't think anybody would take. Everybody yeah. was going to take Buffalo, yeah, who barely won, right? No, hundred percent. At at first glance, um, yeah, that's why he made the news. But when you actually go back and look at some of it, I mean, there was some reasoning behind it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, to that to that end, now look, you mentioned Arizona week one, um, and now everybody thinks they're possibly tanking, um, getting ready. to Get, uh, getting rid of Colt McCoy, which is serviceable at best. But 
I mean, are people now going to follow Arizona? Are people going to track and and uh, and follow Indy or rookie quarterbacks? So you know, you can try, but yeah. you've also got to look. And let's say you're trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Which teams are you burning? I remember looking at one of these at who they played, and it was mm -hmm. um, maybe it's Dallas they play. Mm -hmm. I think in week three or four somewhere there. Sure. And so let's say you're going to say, okay, I'm taking every team that plays Arizona. First of all, they play their division opponents twice. Yep. So now you're going to have to find a couple other games just to cover those, right? But mm -hmm. let's say you now take, and I'm not trying to make this too easy on everybody else because we're in this contest too, but <laughs> let's say you decide to take Dallas in week three because they're playing Arizona, right? Seems like a great spot. Now, I'll bet you a lot of people take them, at least 10 or 15% of the remaining field will probably take them there. Now go and take a look at Thanksgiving Day and figure out which games you want. Sure. Now, whether, Mike, whether you've looked at Thanksgiving Day or not, I have no idea, but you know Dallas is playing. You know they're playing at home. Okay. Yes. You know of all the games, that's likely to be one of the better options come Thanksgiving Day. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, it may not be the game you end up picking, but to think you're not going to save them as one of your options for Thanksgiving Day so that you can have them play the cream puff that a lot of other people are going to, you know, take anyway in week three. I don't know. And that's part of the thing here. It's hard. To, this is easy to say and really, really hard to do. If you get knocked out in week one with 8,000 players or week five with 3,000 players or week 12 with 300 players, it's all the same. Like you make zero, zero. You've got to win, right? So if you're doing all this stuff and you don't win, it really doesn't matter. So the concept of, well, I know, I know we got to figure out Thanksgiving, but we've got two months. We'll figure out Thanksgiving later. No. You've got to you've got to actually have a team to take. I, uh, old, I don't know if it's happened yet where somebody's reached Thanksgiving or Christmas and literally didn't have an option. Yeah, I wonder. I definitely wonder. Or had so. to take like, you know, a 14 point dog because that's the only team they had left. Like had to take them. I don't think they're playing Thanksgiving, but had to take the metaphorical Arizona because that's the only team you have left. Right? Yeah. And, and I don't think for sure when you ask if I think this goes to the end, I don't know what I I would put a lot of money on. Um, it does not end before that Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it's just an interesting take uh, to see if uh, people will hunt specific teams, um, being that some are just looking like they're going to tank. And then, um, you know, I, I don't know this to be 100 percent true, but it just feels like there's more starting rookie quarterbacks this year than mm -hmm. than most. And so, you know, the there decisions, decisions. There's some articles been written about that. There are there consciously are that they're putting them in there. Yeah. Um and look, I remember it was a few years ago in Survivor where everybody was taking whoever played Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I think that was the other pool we won uh, yeah. that we split with a number of people at the end. We just yeah. five of us survivors. But it, it, you haven't had a lot of winless seasons in the NFL. I think there are two, three, something like that. So even if you were able to track and not worry about the divisions where you got to play them twice and whatever, even if you could do that, your chances of getting to the end are still very low. And let's let's not forget. I know everybody wants to survive. Everybody wants to make it to the end, right? But the thing is, let's say that strategy succeeds. And so everybody that takes the strategy of just take the team that's playing Arizona, except for these two weeks, and everybody's going to take those other teams those two weeks, whichever weeks those are, right, or three weeks. And you get to the end and you split the thing up 200 ways because there are going to be a lot of people doing that, right? And you're able to do that successfully, you know, once every 50 years, right? Or mm -hmm. once every 75 years, you can win the whole thing or mm -hmm. split it three ways or something, right? 
it's not even closest to what you're supposed to do. It's not really about just surviving. It, it Look, this is a contest about money. It is about winning the most money, right? You want to get to the end by yourself, not get to the end with 100 or 200 or 300 or 500 other people. You're not going to get there often enough that it makes it worth doing. Uh, yeah, using we, the poker analogy again, it's do you want to just squeak into the money? Or in the few times you make the money, do you want to finish in the top three of the event? Yeah, we've had this discussion. Are we playing to win or are we playing to survive? Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where, you know, it seems easy, um, but it's it's a difficult decision to um, push the button to survive or push the button and have the stones to be contrarian here and try to win this thing outright. Exactly. And it's hard. It's very easy to say. Mm. Very easy to say. It's 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 very hard to do. Absolutely. We've had those discussions for sure. Um, thinking about some strategies that work for us, um, specifically ones that come to mind for me is, I know we try to stay away from Thursday night games as best as possible. Um, it's just not enough information. Too many things can go wrong in a short week. Um, not enough information. Uh, time to dive into the metrics. They just don't catch up fast enough. Um, although I'm not saying we weren't on some Thursday night games. You know, uh, there was a Thursday night game we were on that if we weren't on, we don't, you know, uh, we don't win. Uh, we don't even go anywhere. Funny sore subject. We, we might save that for another episode. Mostly that, sore that, for me. my friend, can be a whole episode <laughs> in itself. Oh, I would so, think so. Uh, let's save that for another time. Um, that's our little hook. If you, I'm will. just going to say it's the only entries we got through were for Thursday and you can, we can save why for another time. Um, if you prefer, I know, um, we didn't totally avoid them, but, uh, we try to stay away from divisional games. If we could, uh, those sem uh, tend to be tighter games. Uh, they know a little bit more about each other. Uh, divisional games can get real ugly. So, um, you know, even though the spread or the number might look a certain way or might come out, um, man, those guys, those things got tight. And, uh, I know we always discuss, man, just avoid the dang chalk, you know, just, just try to try to swim away from the salmon, you know, swim in the net, net the other direction, if at all possible. I'm not going to say we never, um, landed on those games from time to time, but, uh, very few and far between. Were there any that um, stood out to you, strategies that uh, you felt that we uh, worked for it, us? It's, it's, it's a lot of that. And I think it's also, um, look, if you're literally a professional sports better, if that's all you do, then sure, if you want, you can try to vet every game. And I even think most of the time they don't try to vet every single game. There are too many that, there are too many that they already know are going to be too hard. They're going to be too tight. They're probably not looking at, like even the best in the world, whoever you want to say that is. Um, so you want to sit down. I think you want to take, because I remember we did this last year, you know, you take our top four or five picks, like you use some sort of system and you try to ignore all the subjective nature of it. Whatever you set up as your objective system, whatever that is, you try to follow it. And the things we would do is we might make small tweaks. So if uh, our objective sp system spits out, these are your top four selections for the week. Theoretically, you're supposed to take number one, right? Well, maybe we, for one or other reason or another, we prefer number two or number three to number one. Or it tells us if we had three entries remaining, it tells us to put two on the number one pick and one on the number two pick. Maybe we don't agree with that. So we put two on the number two pick, one on the number one pick, right? Like we might tweak it a little bit, but I do think the thing you've got to do is you've got to come up with an objective system and 
you can deviate you have to deviate to some degree or everybody finds the same system but your deviations have to be small it's and there are times you look up and you're like there is no way in the world i what are they thinking like there's no way i would take this game and yet the the system that you put in place if it was good to begin with or if you're subscribing to a service there's a reason the system's there right and once you deviate too much you will really find yourself just broke just busted yeah. uh, and i think that was what we did last year, we narrowed it down to five and then three, frequently three, um, like let's say they're scoring one to a hundred as opposed to, you know, just yeah. top 10. So if we had, you know, three games that were 90 plus, but the fourth game was like a 78 and we were normally looking at the top five, we're not going to look at the top five anymore. We're only going to look at the top three. And Absolutely. normally we'll take the top one, but now we'll sit here and really game those out. Like, do we really, is there something that's wrong with this top one team? Are they traveling from east to west? Are they traveling from west to east? Is it a division game? Is their quarterback nicked up? Are there things that, you know, might be kind of priced in, but maybe not enough? You know, yeah. you're rolling the dice a little bit. And uh, is that a spot we want to be in? And how much of it, how much of them are our number one team? Because the other two we need to use in the following weeks. Then you're handcuffed, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember uh, specifically um, to that point, uh, you'd send, you know, five games, six mm -hmm. games. These are, these are uh, where we're looking at this week. And I would work those games um, using every advanced metric that I could possibly get my hands on whatever platform I could. Um, you know, we, as I mentioned earlier, we dabble in fantasy. So you can find some things, some matchups. And uh, I would come back with uh, uh, little novels, if you will, breaking down each in individual game. And you'd be like, really? We can't take that team? And, uh, you know, I found out, as we found out, sometimes it wasn't the teams we took. It was the ones that we avoided. Right. Um, and, you know, fortunately, you know, some of the things stuck out and uh, we were able to avoid some landmines. Um, and, and, and going to week 16 specifically on the Pittsburgh game. Um, I didn't like Pittsburgh. I really didn't. I hated Detroit. Right. Um, Those were we, we only had two options that week, to be clear. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like we had the whole board. We used everybody else. The other teams we had were literally underdogs. They were like 46% yeah. to win the game. There were just two options. Absolutely. And and we had we had kind of um set uh, Detroit aside looking ahead here mm -hmm. for this game at Carolina. And when I worked the game, everything in every metric that I pulled was they were just going to get mauled and they were going to get mauled right. up front, both offensively and defensively. Um, there was some um, information, <clears throat> excuse me, information about golf and in outside on grass. Um, they were on a winning streak. I think they were, they won seven games coming into mm -hmm. this. They're the hottest team in the NFL. Hottest team in the NFL. And I basically just said, we cannot take Detroit. If we take Detroit, we are out of the pool. And, you were like, we're taking Pittsburgh. And right. I'm like, well, Pittsburgh against the Raiders, although in Pittsburgh on Frank. Yeah, Harris I mean, night, but I, well, obviously not crazy about Pittsburgh. Correct. And but you hate Detroit. I hate Detroit. And there's no way that we were just going to walk into that burning fire because we would have been out of the pool. We would have. And, and Detroit know. rated objectively higher, not by a ton, but it was like, I don't remember exactly, but say on a scale of one to 100, it might have been like an 84. And then Pittsburgh might have been like an 81 or something like that, right? Yeah. And but but like you said, and and look, when you do this, to be clear, as people, I mean, you know this, but I'll send a few picks as I've narrowed them down. 
once in a blue moon, you might try to expand it from those, but usually you can't because I'm saying, I know, but we have to use that team three weeks from now. Like that's why they're not on the list. But um, when you say, I don't think we should take this team. I mean, when that happens, I remember, I don't exercise much. This is uh, so it's an easy thing to remember. I'm walking on a treadmill while you're telling me this. And I mean, we were, it was probably an hour and a half, two hours, like just back and forth of just this, the two of us, like, and then another call later. And, you know, are we really going to do this? And, and it was, it's, it's, it's not just the, you know, I send out a list and then you check a box and then we stick it in there. Right. Like it's going to be a huge debate. And that was, that was a big one. And we have one of our partners that was emphatic that we take Detroit. And now you're in this weird box of, you know, if we go the other direction, Detroit wins and Pittsburgh loses. I mean, it is what it is, but now we got to look at him. And, you know, he's like, you cost us the whole pool. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and it's, and, it's, and, it's hard. And our partner's a numbers guy and he was bringing a narrative and I was bringing every metric and analytic that I can possibly dig up. And I remember just putting my hands in the air and saying, you know what, Russ, you got the gavel, you get it done. I'm not sure how you're going to do it, but this this is what it is. I just know that if we push the button on Detroit, it's over. And this is to be the thing, though, to be clear about this, too, like that people kind of misunderstand. And this is why I said like ranking one to 100, not just this is my first choice, second choice, third choice. It's not as helpful because I remember asking people in the circumstance, what do you like if you had to pick between these two teams, which we do, even Mike, as you're saying, you know, you hated that pick, blah, blah, blah. Even you were like for you was like 53% you would take Pittsburgh, 47% you would take Detroit. It wasn't like literally Detroit has zero. I mean, you didn't think they were going to win. And I think we did bet the other side separately, but like, right. But because we, but we also thought there was value, but it was a pick them game. I don't know that we're putting money on it, like on, on Carolina. Right. So, you know, you're, you're like 53, 47. I'm like basically the same. You are in that context after I've talked to you. And then you've got our third partner who sounds like he's 90, 10, but when you really drill down, he was more like, you know, 57, 43, (laughs) right. But he was just very passionate about it. And so like, as you noted though, I had to use the gavel at some point it's hard, but it can't, I mean, you can do whatever you want when you have partners, but just making it a vote is tricky. Usually somebody has to kind of aggregate the information and take the pressure of, I'm going to make the decision, you know, here. And all the partners we have know, and we've had different people over the years. It's not my nature to go, okay, well, the seven of you think I should do A, screw you all, I'm doing B. It's really <laughs> it's really bringing in the information. And I try to come at it somewhat agnostically. Related to this, people ask me who my favorite football team is, right? And when we met Mike, you know, years ago, it was always the Dolphins. Dolphins were my favorite team forever and ever. And I don't consider myself a fair weather fan. Um, but really my favorite team now tends to be our fantasy team or our survivor <laughs> team, right? And it's not, I'm, I'm really agnostic to the teams. I have no issues betting against Miami, you know, whatever. It do- doesn't matter to me in the least. It really is, you know, it's, it's, we have money on the thing. That's my team. You know, that's, that's like any owner of any team. Like if you grew up, if you grew up a Titans fan and you found yourself the owner of the Raiders, you're not going to be a Titans fan anymore. Nope. Right. But you own the Raiders. So here we own a fantasy team that's, you know, or or every different week we own a different survivor team. Uh, But you do have to kind of, you know, shift that thinking out and it's, it it can be hard, but you've got to try to eliminate your inherent biases. We all have no emotion, no subjectivity. Uh, you just got to be have some conviction in your process and make your decisions. And so the, to your point, our fantasy teams and our survivor teams, 
have turned out to be our our favorite teams for sure. Oh, there's no doubt. And 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 funny on this because I'm not going to again say the exact path or the exact team, <laughs> Falcons. But uh, <laughs> one one of our our partners because he'll probably watch this and be like, I didn't do that. I told you I didn't do that. So I'm not going to name him. But when we got down to our our trajectory for the last you know four games or so. Mm-hmm. And we had some differences in what we should do in some of the games. And he had some opinions very strong about what would happen in very specific games. And I'm looking at it and it, and it didn't click right away. And then I called Mike. I told him, oh, my God, I got I got to show you a page. He goes, what? And I direct him to like the NFL playoff picture. There were three games left. The NFL playoff picture. He's like, what? I go, look here. Look at the only path the Pal- Falcons can get in with. <laughs> and now look at the exact games he's telling us to take. It's not that he's telling us to take the Falcons. He's literally, the path he's giving us is the path that literally the Falcons would have to have to get in the playoffs. And to be clear, he's a smart guy. He wants to win the pool. Like he's not, but I know that's implanted somewhere in the back of his mind of can this path happen? Can these things happen? And they're close. It's not like he's telling us to bet some 20% team. He's telling us to bet one week, the 52% team instead of the 54% team, right? I mean, it's, it's, they're close. And maybe it was a complete coincidence. And when I brought it to him, he laughed and said it was a complete coincidence. Complete but I mean, but it has to, but it, you know, it's there in the back of your mind. So even our fantasy teams, like when we took, you know, when we took um, Baltimore and we have Lamar Jackson, like we already know we're kind of rooting for this. Like we already have these guys in place. Like even that creates some sort of inherent bias and you've got to do your best. To, and, that, and that's where I, by the way, I think it is great to have partners and teammates. Um, even if you don't need it for the economics, even if you're not getting more than 10 entries, uh, you should have some partners and teammates that you listen to because otherwise yeah. you, you lose perspective. There's no chance any one of us that was in this pool win it without any of the partners, like by ourselves. Zero. Agreed. I think, Zero I think chance. we did a really good job of holding each other accountable. Um, and just the discussion sometimes as we're in that discussion, the light bulb just clicks. Yes, um, exactly. I see something a certain way. You see something a certain way. A partner sees something a certain way. And it just makes you think um, about it a little bit differently. And so you're 100% correct. And the accountability piece is huge, you know, and, and sometimes it's, it's okay to look ahead. A lot of times it's okay to look ahead, but it's also, you know, sometimes you have to pivot and, uh, but you have to bring some, some metrics and some, um, something to the table that speaks to that specifically. And, and sometimes it, sh- it just comes to light for sure. Absolutely. And the value there, even that person that had that path that, you know, we ultimately did not take, mm-hmm. he forced us to look more sharply at every other game we were taking. He was okay. never the rubber stamp of, yeah, well, once, very rarely. Yeah, that's fine, right? So we would be forced to look and then we might shift towards his position. We might shift to a totally different game because he hated our game. Um, yep. So, I mean, it still adds value, even if you're not necessarily taking this. Oh, without a I doubt. Um, I, I love to be questioned. It just sharpens our saw, you know? It, it helped me like uh, do a little bit, uh, kind of a deeper dive, if you will. And either when I come back, I have this same thought process or... Um, or a completely different one. Right. And so without a doubt, you know, I, I think uh, holding everybody accountable and is, is key completely. All right. So um, did you watch any preseason games? You know, it's funny. Very, very, very little. It, it's, I, I also like to, I, I try not to bias myself too much also, but preseason I find can be totally tilting in that sense because 
you see things and they can be completely deceptive. I did see what is it, Aiden O'Connell in the first half of a game for the Raiders. I'm like, well, this guy actually looks good. And it's the first yeah. quarter. So I'm like, you know, maybe he, he could be playing a first team defense. Maybe he's legit. Yeah. Who knows? Right. And this is, this goes back to what I said before, though. People assume the Raiders are going to be, I'll say, not that good. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm one of those people that I assume they're not going to be that good. But again, if you get some rookie quarterback that shows up and starts lighting it up, I mean, the guy's got the top three wide receiver, maybe number one, like, you know, sitting on his team. If yeah. he shows up, I mean, who knows if the offensive line can deliver? Who knows? I think at the end of the day, and, and you and I have said this forever too, and you've probably already done this. I have not. I know you do this just for our fantasy drafts. If you're really trying to figure out who's going to be good in six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, sure, you can look at their quarterback, you can look at their running backs, you could look at their defense, look at all sorts of things. At the end of the day, like Bill was at Parcells, the game's won and lost the trenches, right? So really? if they've got a great offensive line, they could still turn out to be bad. They'll probably be competitive in most of their games. If they have a bad offensive line, it's really hard to overcome. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter who you put back there. And, yeah, and I, you know, I have the preseason games on in the background, but I don't let it sway really uh, too much my opinion, obviously. Um, but, you know, you take a look. Um, and then when you told uh, troll Twitter now X um, and there's a you know preseason game and X did this this good in this game. And all of a sudden his fantasy stocks going through the roof and those type of things. But at the end of the day, yeah, I'm not letting too much that uh make any decision in my mind from from a preseason game standpoint heck some starters don't even play at all in this preseason right so right yep all right so what tips do we have for people this year in survivor i mean let's let's not give away the secret sauce here okay so but uh i would say look (laughs) the first thing you have to do is go into this thing intellectually honest This isn't even a sports betting tip. It's just be intellectually honest. Are you there to just survive as long as you can, or are you there to try to win? Are you there to try to just make it to the end, or you try to win the most money? All those things have different strategies associated with them. If you were there to just, you know, every week you want the excitement of it, then yeah, I mean, you you don't necessarily go against the chalk. You'd be taking a lot of chalk. You're probably not going to if you ever win, you're not going to win the most money. There'll be too many people there, but you'll have a higher probability to get to the end with the chalk, yeah. right? But but you have to be intellectually honest with that. Like, what are you really trying to accomplish? That really is the first thing. The second thing, if we're talking about circus specifically, is look ahead and carve out Thanksgiving and Christmas. The third thing, whether you're looking at circus specifically or not, everybody seems to like create their path and they've got like one team on each of these different weeks. For as long as you can do it, you want to have multiple options, especially for the games that are way out. Like for week two, you know, maybe you kind of know who you're going with, although it's easy to have multiple options. You haven't burned teams yet. But all else being equal, if you've got two teams you can use in week three, you know, you don't plan on using either one in week 12, but one of them is like your second or third choice for week 12. Maybe Mm -hmm. don't, even if that was your first choice for week three, maybe don't use them in week three because- you might need that second or third choice. And it's it's worth moving further down your list because week one, two, three, four, other than the fact that week one, I, I personally don't think the NFL, I think those are, I don't want to say softest because I don't claim to have any better knowledge than they do, the most inaccurate NFL lines. And when you week, reach weeks 14, 15, 16, I think they're the most accurate because we all have more information. Lines are just better. But sure. the reality is the first few weeks, 
you don't have to take your first choice, second choice. You have so many options to take, right? That's Whereas you week, week even seven, you know, you, your second choice might be with all the teams you burn might be terrible. Yeah. Right. So save teams wherever you can. Exactly. Um, you know, of course, I've had family, friends, everybody saying, you know, what, you know, what's the magic? You know, how, how do you do this? How do you, how do you, how do you pick these teams? You know, and to your point, like work backwards, you know, pull the, pull the games out that, you know, you're going to have to um, keep pull multiple teams if you can. Um, and then just, you know, work the games from week to week. As we've already discussed, some teams that are really good at the beginning of the season turn out to be dust. And so you just got to be able to, um, you know, stay light on your feet, navigate, and uh, hopefully you pop out week six or seven and you have some entries left. The metrics get a little bit better um, and you know more about teams. Yep. And so, you know, uh, to that end, you know, also have an alcoholic beverage when you're watching the game. And, and, and Once no, your bet's uh, in, you may as well enjoy the game, right? Enjoy the game. Yes. And, and the other thing is when you push the button, all the work is done. You can't coach the game. You can't play right. in the game. I have no more eligibility, obviously. Um, and, you know, it's out of your hands. So you just try to enjoy it. Um, odds are you're probably not going to win the tournament. So there is going to be that. Odds are very good. You're not going to win the tournament. A couple other things good. here, you're sorry, as they, that. yeah, as they just sort of come to me. Um, there's a lot of value in having a proxy or somebody else in Vegas that can help you enter your picks. Like, however that works, I'm not, I'm not dealing with the legalisms of it, but I believe that follows the rules. So somebody is in Vegas that can log in into your picks because even though you might plan on entering them, like things happen. Sure. Right. And so you just don't, you want to make sure your pick gets in. And, and we joke every year that there are a lot, I mean, it could be five to 10% of the pool in some weeks that just no entry that yeah. just doesn't make it. And so the proxy services can be very useful um, to make sure you do get your picks in. So you Absolutely. want to pick a credible proxy to make sure that they're in there. And and that, you know, I, I mean, I didn't even say at the beginning, but obviously I guess the the most obvious tip, because you start with this, people just turn off podcasts like, no kidding, you think I'm an idiot. The most obvious thing is make sure you get your picks in, Yep. right? Because you don't have no picks, you have literally zero chance to win. And I'll give you one example of when you might take a Thursday game. So um, not week one or something, and that's not even about the matchup, neither here nor there. If your other choice of game might even be slightly better on Sunday, and you're like 70% sure your quarterback's playing, or 70% sure their quarterback isn't, right? But you just don't know. Or if it's any one of those teams, and this is most of them, but like really to the degree where one player is like the entire difference on that team. Like if he doesn't play, the team almost, you know, they, they, they're just generally not competitive uh like back with aaron Rodgers, not necessarily with um love but like uh when he had some of the backups before him when he didn't play they couldn't win like at all right so if it looked like you know rogers going oh I'm, I'm good i'm good to go i'm good to go but you have any question about like his leg or his knee or whatever and by the way that could be the jets this year i don't know if they win if rogers doesn't play right so if they have a tough game right so you might want to take the slightly worse Thursday game because you just don't know what injuries are going to happen between Thursday and Sunday. Like you've got non-contact injuries and like walkthroughs in the NFL. I mean, I've seen some strange stuff. So if you know Thursday, you know, 20 minutes before the game or an hour, 90 minutes before the game, yeah. everybody's healthy and you're not a hundred percent sure about your Sunday game. That's a time I think I might consider a Thursday. Sure. Absolutely. 
Yep. Um, okay. So um, Survivor Sweat, um, this was brought to us um, about hosting a podcast, discussing some of our strategies, discussing stuff that happened last year, um, coming, coming in weekly together to kind of just have our normal conversations that we normally have, but just comment on certain things throughout the tournament. I'm super excited to have a platform such as Survivor Sweat. I know last year, um, midway through towards the end, I was looking anywhere, any and everywhere where we can get some content on this, whether it was Twitter, online, anything. And there was just nothing that was unique specifically to Survivor. I know Vissen had some stuff, but um, it's just a platform now that is now created that we can we can go to for upcoming articles. Um, I know we're gonna do, um, uh, kind of a, a championship a champions corner where we're going to um, give you our weekly pick. Um, we're going to come back each week with a podcast and discuss, you know, what was our strategy? Uh, some of the carnage. Um, are we still in this dang thing? Who's left? Those type of things. And uh, I know we want to bring some people on with us from time to time. Um, you had somebody in mind that uh, may want to come on and, and discuss. Yeah, I'm not going to name them specifically just in case they don't come on. But there are a couple of people I think would be very entertaining Perfect. that uh, I know the guys over at Survivor Sweat know real well. The other mm -hmm. thing with Survivor Sweat that I understand they're going to be trying to do, which I think is great. When we made it deep, there were questions if we could even figure out who the other entries were, if we wanted to try to make a deal with them or do something. And Circa, as, as their policy goes, is not they are not going to assist you in doing that. I think Circa is great. I think their management's great. I think all the guys are incredibly accommodating, but they only are going to do the things that are within their rules, which is what they should do. And, and their policy is we are not going to we're not going to stop you from getting some other teammate or something. That's fine. But we're not going to assist you. And so you find yourself jumping through a lot of hoops. And uh, I happen to know some of the guys over from Survivor Sweat before they're calling it Survivor Sweat. And they knew a lot of the entries and they were digging around trying to help us find some of the other guys that were there, which sure. was incredibly helpful. Um uh, for us. And so I think having access to stuff like that and having the ability, I think they're going to have a platform for people to buy and sell entries or some semblance of that, sell a portion of entries, which could be interesting. So for people out there that are thinking of playing, they're putting up a thousand bucks or 5,000 or 10,000 when they're buying and they're going, well, geez, that sounds great, but I'm never going, like if I finish third, I get zero, which is technically true. If you make it down to the last 50 or a hundred, maybe someone buys your entry from you. Maybe you don't have to win. Like, I, you know, I don't know, like that. So like you, you might have other exit ramps if you make it deep. And that's something that hasn't really existed. So the fact that they're putting that together, I think actually personally, I know Circa wants to see just one winner. And then I think personally, more people would play if they knew they didn't have to literally win. I remember I said last year, I understand why it's winner take all. I think the bulk of the money should be at first. But I think if they even did something last year that said like, using rough numbers, not exact. Instead of 6.1 million, something like first place is 5 million. Second through 10th, second through 11th, each get like 100,000. Yes. That's nowhere near 5 million. You're still playing to win. Okay, no one's going to go, oh, I'm good with fifth or something, right? But I'll be honest, if if you made it to third and then busted and got zero out of 6,000 entries, will you play again next year? Yeah, I'm sure you will, but you're going to kind of go into it going, I'm really going to do better than that? 
you know, like, and I got zero, like I lost money playing. Yeah. So I think with Survivor Sweat, with having some ability to sell a piece of your team, maybe you can sell half of it off. I don't know the details or how they're working it out, but being able to maybe sell, like maybe your entry at that point is worth $50,000 or something, you know, based on the number of entries left. And maybe you're able to sell half of it for, you know, you should get 25, maybe you only get 20 because the buyers, you know, want some advantage. But yeah, you made 20 grand, the buyer got an edge and, you know, you have enough money to play again next year. Like, I think things like that should really help grow Survivor yeah. going forward. I think it helps. Yeah, last year's guarantee was nuts. Now, you know, Derek Stevens is, you can't go anywhere without, what's the guarantee? Um, Eight million. I mean. I bet on Derek. Where, where, where I, bet, is... I bet they hit the guarantee, not just because I already thought they'd hit it, just because. Oh. These guys are are as smart as they come. And uh, and let's not forget, by the way, not to just keep patting Circa on the back, but I mean, they don't make anything from this. I mean, sure, they get publicity, they get other people to come in, they, all those things are true. But like, you know, you go play the World Series of Poker, you know, the 10,000 bucks, and then there's, I think, you know, 600-ish that goes out for staff and everything else. So it's 9,400 that goes back prize pool. True. At Circa, the 1,000 bucks, the the fa it's probably a thousand and twenty that goes in the surprise pool because you get the thousand bucks and they're giving everybody hats and then yeah. at the end they give you stuff and like so you know they're losing money on this thing so yeah. uh, kudos to them um, I yeah, think he the, makes the guarantee the but we'll see they're the absolute best over there uh, they treat us just amazing it's it's they run a phenomenal book uh, one of the best sports books that I've ever been associated with in terms of. Um, placing my wagers, of course. Um, with that being said, as of yesterday, there was 5,438 en entries and they're way ahead of pace from last year. So to your point, and I think I've mentioned it before, uh, 85 is probably the short number. Uh, 9,000 is probably the real number. Uh, I'm using nine now. I mean, I've got to pick a number now when I'm plugging into our objective yeah. formula stuff and I can change and, it later, of course, but I'm using nine as a number. And this is going into year four. I mean, the trend here is, you know, where's it going to end? I mean, this thing could be up over 10,000 entries soon. So when you're talking about that type of life-changing money, I mean, I know not to um, beat a dead horse, but um, having a platform such as Survivor Sweat, where you can connect with people, communicate with people, come to for weekly articles, um, see some pics, um, Man, a one-stop shop, if you will. Um, you know, we'll be on there uh, bringing some content uh, after each week, and uh, I think it's fantastic. I love. I'm. I'm glad. I'm happy. Happy. Honored to be associated with it, and I'm. I'm interested to see who's going to be this year's winner, whether it's one or multiple. Um, I hope it's us. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'll be. I'm not too greedy. I'll be happy to split it with somebody out. Somebody else out there watching the pod. Sure, of course. And um, I can't wait to congratulate them as well. Um, it's been fantastic. Uh, this is awesome that we can communicate like this and just kind of debrief last year a little bit. It's almost like COVID again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Back on the Zoom. Back on the Zoom. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's it's been good. Um, I appreciate the time. Um, I can't wait to do this uh, uh, next time. Uh, but next time, it hopefully won't be over a Zoom. I'm hoping um, next hearing, time or the time after. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing that there's a uh, studio in place uh, where we can possibly bring some props, uh, show off some of our mementos um, and uh, have an in-person discussion. And uh, whether that's prior to week one or after week one, 
um, and we'll have a lot more to talk about for sure. I'm sure we will. Hopefully we'll still be in. I'm guessing we'll have uh, at least four picks. So, you know, we're, we're favored to still be in this question. Last year, we lost a third. And as dejecting as that seemed, it was great because 45% of the field was gone. So we're well ahead yeah. of pace. Exactly. And that's really all that matters. You, you want your equity to go up. You know, you lose less than other people. It, it, every, nobody wants to lose any picks, but you're going to. So. Yeah, absolutely. Unless well, you're Alex Brown. He didn't lose any picks. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That, that's He's all. the guy we split with, and he won one entry all the way to the end. Yeah. Uh, I've been asked the question, um, can anybody possibly win this thing with one entry? And the, 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 answer, the answer is literally just yes. Yes. <laughs> it happens. Yes. It happened. Um, yep. And so whether you're in with one or max out, you're in it. You got a shot. And uh, I, I, I know this to be true. We know this to be true because we want it. And so congratulations again. I've said this many times to you and, and our uh, partners that uh, are along the ride for the sweat. And I sure as heck hope it happens again. Me too. Let's do it. Repeat. All right. Signing off. Signing off. Looking for survivor strategy articles? Did you lose your last entry on a survivor contest and wish you could rebuy? Check out our marketplace and you may find what you need. Head over to SurvivorSweat.com for all things Survivor. And we'll see you next week for the next Survivor Sweat Podcast. <laughs>